Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Max. And I'm Skylar. Recently, we decided to start watching Bob's Burgers to see what it was all about. And it didn't take us long to become completely obsessed with the show. But one of the things we love the most about the show is the brilliant end credit sequences. Which is why we created this podcast. Each week, we're going episode by episode to talk about the elaborate end credits. We're excited to have you join us right here on Bob's Credits. We'll make sure the Bob's Burgers end credits get the credit they're due. All right! Chip chipperoo, people who would do anything for love, but they won't do that. Think hard. Why is he saying that? Don't think for too long. I know what it is, but I can't. I... It's probably the most popular meatloaf song. And since we're going to end this episode with a meatloaf song. You know I don't like you quizzing me on music. You know this You're about true. me. I should have just said chip chip bats out of hell. Thank you. That I understand. Okay. Wow. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, y'all are going to... Love this episode. Love these end credits. But uh, before we jump in, do you have any business, Max Miller? No, just want to say that this episode is sponsored by Cassandra White. Cassandra subscribes to our Basically Bob Belcher tier on Patreon and has graciously sponsored these past few episodes for us. And it's part of the reason we get to put these out for y'all. So thank you so much, Cassandra. Thanks, Cassandra. But other than that, I don't have any business to discuss. I think we should get right into what we normally do and play little Bob Pond or Max Pond. Let's do it. Okay. We are doing pest control trucks. Are you ready for your first pond, Skylar? Yes. Say goodbye to my little friend. Max. Yes. I liked it. Your next pun is, hasta la vista, rabies. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. I can totally see it being Bob's, but it's so good. And I love you so much. So I'm going to give it to you. Is it you? Yes. Yes. Wow. Two for two so far. Pressure's on. No, no pressure. (laughs) Your next pun is, fat bottom squirrels. Bob's. Max. Yeah, I knew that. Man, if it's Freddie Mercury leaning, it's got to be me. That's not true. 
And if it's it could squirrel, be Bob. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's very I true. I can see Bob and I rock, rocking out to some queen. Uh, one million percent. When and, he's not listening to Donna Summer. Well, I could see us rocking out to Donna Summer, too. Yeah. And your final pun is working for the squeak end. Max. Bob's. No. Oh. That's a good so one. Close. That's really good. So close. Max, are you ready for Skylar's Sides? The fun facts before the fun facts. Dish it, squirrel. Get oh. it? Because we just said squirrels. Yeah. So there was cute. A, there was a few squirrels in there. I love it. And in next week's episode, there's a lot of squirrels, there too. There are a whole lot of squirrels. I'll do a dish it squirrel for that one for sure. Please, 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 please. I needed one more please to round that up. Okay. So I do think that this is... A fun fact that you know, but I don't think everyone knows it. And it is so delightful. Any person who listens to this podcast must have this knowledge in their beautiful, sweet little heads. At the Bob's Burgers offices. I know this already. No, I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, you know, we all have staff kitchens with stale bagels, et cetera, et cetera, when you work in an office, except that. The Bob's Burgers office is decorated like Bob's Burgers restaurant. There are booths with the red vinyl. There are the red stools. There's the counter. There's the window. In the window, we have Bob Belcher cooking. Oh, my God. My dream. My dream room. The kitchen, like, I believe it's the rules or maybe safety stuff is written in Bob's writing. Linda's on it. They even have some, like, I'm going to air quote molding that's drawn in animation style. So it's a real life Bob's Burgers restaurant, but they have some animation detail that makes it look like an animated version. So this photo posted by Simon Chong will be up on our carousel as well as a video because the video is actually what gives you a really cool look at the booths where you can sit and eat your lunch or have a meeting, etc. Now, the fun fact that I don't think you know is that ever since the movie, there is now a life-size replica of the Bob Burger cart no. that Teddy made. Oh, I'm so jealous. And my favorite part of it is the big tray of olives Ugh. on the cart. It's so cute. And they're like shiny. I found that out through someone's Instagram, but I was just scrolling, so I didn't like screenshot it so I knew exactly who posted it. It was someone who works on Bob's Burgers and had to come deliver something to the office. And the person they were delivering it to was like, oh, my office is right outside the Bob Burger cart. And there it was, like in all its glory. That's so, great. Yeah, just bringing the the uh, production world a alive a little bit for y'all. Yeah, so you want, if you want to see that picture, it's on our Instagram carousel. If you aren't following us on Instagram, at Bob's Credits, uh, you're missing out on a little... Uh, images and stuff that we talk about on this podcast every week. And quickly, I have had some questions of people like, what is a carousel? And what are you talking about? Every Sunday, we post a carousel, aka the Instagram photos that you can scroll through that match to this podcast on our Instagram profile, our in-feed profile, if you're trying to search for them, because sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I have to go to their Instagram and like search yeah, for the one I'm listening to it late, right. They start with a meme, a Bob's Burgers meme 
posted on a Sunday. If you have any more questions, just DM us because we want you to have the full the full podcast experience. Yeah. And if like if you're like scrolling real quick too, you can see certain posts have like multiple slides if you're like yeah. scrolling through the feed. So you'll be looking out for that image as well that shows that there's multiple slides because then you can exactly kind of track down. We don't post a lot of carousels. So if it's yeah. a multiple slide thing, you're like, oh, that's probably it. Right. Um, um and those get posted when we wake up on Sunday. So if it's not when posted we wake yet, up? When you wake up on a Sunday. <laughs> so if you're listening to it and it's not up yet. It'll be there. It'll be there. We're just a little, we're, we're, we're waking up. We'll get to it. Should we get into this episode? We absolutely should. Skylar, can we have the title and synopsis for season eight, episode 18, please? The title is, As I Walk Through the Alley of the Shadow of Ramps. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. A fun fact right yep. there for you. The Coolio song, Gangster's Paradise, the opening lyric. All right. Thank you, Max. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. The synopsis is, we have ourselves an alley fight as Louise faces off against a mean Enya-loving neighbor slash business truck lady. Slash business truck lady. Yep, the same one who told Louise she was too old for a tricycle, and the same one who runs over Louise's mean green machine. Meanwhile, Linda tries to help Gail keep her security guard job by fabricating an art heist. Gail, of course, takes a man hostage. And let's not forget the runner. Man baskets are all the rage this season. This episode came out on May 13th, 2018. It was written by Scott Jacobson and directed by Chris Song. Been spending most our lives living in a gangster's paradise. How do you not have the song stuck in your head after the title? <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. It's, I don't know the song. I and I feel like this whole episode is like an inside joke between all the music you know and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's an ADHD thing for me, but like that song... To your entire synopsis, which is in my head. Thank you. I appreciated the synopsis, but I also appreciate <laughs> Gangster's Paradise. We're going to listen to it after this. You'll love it. Okay. Thank you. And then Weird Al Yankovic did a parody, Amish Paradise. <laughs> As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain. Love it. Love you, Al. <laughs> Can we talk about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> love this episode i know we say that over and over especially this season but i love louise taking on an adult and going head to head with an adult a horrible adults, adult adults are no match for louise i want to say i could not agree more she takes on mr Franz. she takes on miss Lebons. she is incredible she is so incredible, and there's something so satisfying watching her take on this very cranky lady who's trying to avoid a left turn, which, by the way, I try and avoid left turns into traffic at all cost. But you are so kind. You would be so polite to these children in the alley. Uh, she's horrible to me. She reminds me of that woman who started screaming at us in the parking lot when we took her parking space. Oh my, yes, that was And in. it was just like, how have you managed to act like this your whole life? Well, that gets us, let's, let's do a little road rage side discussion. Okay. Where people, for some reason, when they get behind their cars, 
turn into not people. Like yeah. they, they act like you wouldn't act if you're just like kind of like walking around and saw someone. It's really weird. It's like social, like a parallel to social media behind it is. keyboards. It is. It gets even worse because social media is even more hidden. But yeah, you're behind your car and you'll like, you'll honk and you'll yell and you'll shake your fist and, you know, I flip don't. the bird. I don't either. I don't. I have done a few naughty things. There was a, um, it was like a luxury car behind me, but it was an SUV convertible, and that just really annoyed me. It was like a Lamborghini SUV convertible. I'm like, why do you need a convertible SUV? Like, I anyway, so I have major anxiety. You know this. And in LA, which is not what you do in Texas, Texas is uh, very normal when it comes to driving. But in LA, you have to turn left very quickly or people will get really annoyed at you. You have to turn on yellow lights. Anyway, so I didn't turn when this guy wanted me to and he was behind me and he started honking at me and it pissed me off. So I started jerking my brakes. Oh, okay. So I turned and then he was following me and I slowed down because he wanted to go faster than what I was going. So I slowed way down and he got annoyed. And then I started jerking my brakes and I got home and I told you and you were like, you cannot do that. You are going to get killed. Skyler. Yeah, I think we've both kind of like learned, like, let people be angry and crazy. You've got to drive safe for yourself. But it is it's just so it's just a disease that yeah. we have as humans, I guess. Most mostly when we get behind a car, we just turn into these monsters. I think there was an old uh, Goofy cartoon I used to watch as a kid. Really? Where, yeah, like Goofy got into a car and he suddenly turned into like this, like, <laughs> it was like a Jekyll and Hyde uh, storyline. It's so true. If anyone remembers that, let me know. I'd love to know if I'm just making that up, but I vaguely remember as a kid watching that Oh, I cartoon. love that. Real quick, someone in our neighborhood has this bumper sticker and it says, I have anxiety. Please don't honk at me. And it melts my heart. Oh, I love that. I think yes. I might get that, honestly, for a I hard want car. it, yeah. But what we learn, it's like it's like a lesson in this episode, is that this person is just struggling and not doing well herself. Let's and remind. And she's taking it out. Let's remind people, because I think it's a really important lesson. So at the end of the episode, she didn't know that she ran over Louise's tricycle and the green machine the green machine and she really apologized and she's like i started this business and i sunk all my money into it and i just haven't been a good person since then and it's stress so i as you were saying i loved that reveal too her business of course is when harry met smoothies smoothies and hair removal truck what 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 how Tina? much hair is in that in the Ew. smoothie that's all i can think about it's such a shame because... And it's hair removal, so it's like body hair, right? That is, yes. So we got some... What other hair I don't, are you... I, I'm just, well, it's not like you're going in and getting your head shaved or something. Oh, okay. But isn't hair body hair? Yeah. Isn't so head hair like, so, body hair? Yeah, yes, technically. I don't think that's classified. You, you know, you As go like, get a haircut, and when you go yeah. do body hair, it's... Got it. Waxing and lasering and whatnot. All I'm saying is, they do not go hand in hand... Mm -mm. I'm worried about those kids drinking the smoothies at the end because of whatever body hair might be in there. They're Grosses not. Grosses me out. They They're don't not. care. No, Gene, yeah. like Gene especially. No. Yeah. Free smoothie? Yeah. 
Tina is so kind always. So it made me laugh so much when I think the woman's name is Julia. I wouldn't know. Alice. Are you sure? <laughs> Positive. Okay. Well, my phone fell. and that's Julia <laughs> is in the next week's episode. I'm okay. pretty sure. Okay. You got it. Anyway. So she's like, I think I should keep going with this business. And Tina laughed. She goes, <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're serious. It was such a sweet Tina moment. She would never purposefully laugh at someone, but she just was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, Tina's great. Her lines all about this business throughout the episode are so good. Let's talk about Alice really quick because she is voiced by Brooke Dillman, who I tell you every single time, Skylar, I'm gonna let you take this one. Who do we know her as best? From The Office, Michael Scott's date. Yeah, Pam's landlord from that episode where she hooks Michael up with. I'm finally understanding who this is. Because I've done like a little Michael Scott, what is it called? A pseudonym? A yeah, name yeah. Thing. Oh, yeah. What he does with names. Because her last name is Dillman. What perfect name for being on a show that has burgers, that has pickles. And you know what's frequently in pickles? Dill pickles or dill. Dill. And yeah, I just want her to subscribe to Patreon so I can burger pun her name. <laughs> I love it. Cook Dill, man. She is phenomenal she does so many voices on this show and she's always really great and perfect for this character can we talk about her love of enya like i love the dichotomy of this road rage woman who is mean to children loving her enya like her new age spiritual soundtrack it's hilarious and that's how people are they're in their car they could be listening to like the softest music and they go crazy because they're in their car and someone yeah. didn't do what they wanted to do necessarily. One last thing. Yeah. One last thing. And we really should focus on the episode. What I can't understand is that when someone honks at me or swerves around me, we literally end up at the same red light. They, yeah. They only get to their destination like, what, 60 seconds sooner? Yeah. And if, they, if they're speeding past you, if they like pull up and speed past you, they're going to make your driving crooner stickers look fake. Oh, oh, that's the worst. Man. I, I got to figure out how to make money off of that. It's a great idea. We love the drivingcrooner.com. Okay, so let's talk about Enya, because that'll bring us to another character introduction. Great. This is the first appearance of Mr. Huggins. Love him. Yeah, the neighbor who lives kind of like across the alley and up Has a couple a stories. Yeah, voiced by comedy legend George Wallace, who... Uh, you'd recognize if you saw him, but he's in all sorts of things, of course. And one of his classic lines is in this episode where he says, get that Enya in ya. Max paused it and laughed at that line out loud. It was so delightful. Great character introduction. Feels like he's been around for so long. I can't believe he just popped up in season eight. I know. He is really lovely. There's nothing like a good neighbor to feel to make you feel rooted in your neighborhood you know what i mean like yeah he, like state he farm adds a <laughs> okay yeah like state farm <laughs> okay cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, can we bring it back to the episode? Yes, that's a great idea. So one of my favorite things about the A story is we learn that Bob gets weepy when talking about the kids learning how to ride bicycles. I love Bob getting touched by the milestones these kids have. It's so cute. It's so cute. And normally it's the female or the mom character that's doing that. So I just, I love it so much. And then it really pays off in the end when, what does Louise do? At the end of this episode, Max. She finally rides her bike, her two-wheeler. We'll get into that because that's the final moment before the end credits and the end credits. Um, But speaking of Louise and her green machine, Mm -hmm. obviously, this is the last time we ever see her ride her green machine because it gets destroyed, obviously. But from now on, she's on her two-wheeler. I was going to ask you that if you knew the answer to that. And of course, like, of course they wouldn't. The kids don't age, but they grow. Yes. But they don't grow. Uh, Yep. You get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. This also, the storyline feels very parallel to the movie with someone tells Louise, you're a baby. You don't ride a (gasps) two-wheeler. Called me a baby. (gasps) I love that part. Um, I want to take a moment to say goodbye to her green machine because when we first started this podcast. Wait, hang on. When we first started this podcast, I fell in love with the end credits and knew we had something special. When an Earsy Rider, Louise, is riding her 
green machine with her tattooed knuckles in the end credits leading her sibling pack. I'm going to stop it there because I don't want to get sued by Sarah McLaughlin, <laughs> but go ahead. It's iconic. It, it's it's iconic. And I'm also proud of, of Louise and I love seeing Weepy Bob. Yeah, we feel how Bob feels. Like we're, we're proud of her. It's a big move, but yep. we're sad to see it go. Yeah. It, it's the end of an era. You know who else I love in this episode? Rudy. Uh, this is great Rudy. Uh, a great appearance by his dad, too, who I think, I got to double check this, but I think is voiced by Brian Husky, who voices Rudy, too. It sounded yes. just like him. Yeah. I'd love to do an evolution of Rudy's dad on Patreon. Oh, we'll do that. That's um, a good one. He's a good character. Uh, he's a great divorcee yeah. dad. Just to remind y'all, Rudy comes over with these bike ramps. My favorite moment from Rudy is when they're chasing the truck in the third act. They're like, gonna get revenge on um, Alice. And it's slow-mo. And he goes on the ramp. And he, you know, it, it should be this great, like, Thelma and Louise, like, the car going off the cliff. But it's just him, like, soaring two centimeters in the air. It is iconic. I love it so much. So good. Those are the kind of ramps I went off as a kid. And I was like, ah, I'm, I'm a badass. Just like Rudy. I also love all of the bat stuff with Rudy. Yeah, It's so funny. The moment at the end with the with all the bat jokes. Yeah, remind us. It's like... Should we just play it? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, we've all had that fear when you're trying something new that's kind of scary and you think you're never going to be able to do it, right? I did when I was switching from boob to bottle. Hardest four years of my life. Okay, so we covered Gene and maybe someone else can relate in some way. I don't like bats. Okay, that's totally off topic. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were just talking about scary stuff. Louise, what have you been scared about lately? Something that's wheel-y hard to start doing? Two wheel-y hard? I'm going to also say bats. Nope, that's not something you do. <laughs> it's so, so good. Good. I also want to say in the alley when Bob is, you know, for the second time teaching Louise how to ride her bike, Tina's like, I would just like everyone to know that my inspiring speech was the catalyst for this moment. I was like, yes, girl. It was. Tina's incredible in this episode. And thanks for bringing us back to the alley because I have a fun fact about it. The alley is apparently redesigned in this episode in order to accommodate the story. Love it. And then... Because my favorite Allie episode is the Thanksgiving episode, Now We're Cooking With Fire. With gas. Now We're Cooking With Gas. Um, now We're Not Cooking With Gas. Now, <laughs> so, so many like, words. As I walk through the valley. <laughs> <laughs> you really know how to just Get you going. fry my brain. Yeah. Because there's so much in that. I wonder if this newly designed Allie helps them accommodate. I that think it episode 100% does. Is Mr. Huggins in that episode? I feel like he is, but I don't he know. He has to be. Yes, it's Thanksgiving, and I remember him in a Thanksgiving episode. So I think he is. He is. Yes, he is in that episode. Also, speaking about that, Allie is when Alice parks her truck, it's in the same location as where their fort is in Fortnite, in that little like. Where that truck parks and covers the fort. Exactly. Oh, I love it. This alley's given me the feels. Like, every time we post someone who, like, does a 3D model of the apartment or we recently posted a doghouse, everybody's obsessed with the alley. They're like, I love that the dumpster's there. Are the raccoons there? This alley is a character of its own. It is. And yeah. it's huge in the movie, too. There's a whole alley scene that Teddy with Teddy scene. And, and Little King Trashmouth. It's amazing. 
at a certain point, I just made note of this myself. There's a Mr. Robot joke. They're watching TV. And I think Linda says like, so he's called Mr. Robot, but he's not a robot. Something like that. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Which means they're watching Mr. Robot that Rami Malek and Mm -hmm. Christian Slater exist in the Bob's Burger world. I love it. Maybe they can. Uh, so we talked about me and Bob dancing to Freddie Mercury earlier. Does has Bob seen Rami in that very weird Queen movie? Uh, could be, maybe. Bohemian Rhapsody. Steven Spielberg is alive and well in this world. We so. know that too. Um, what other celebrities, like real celebrities, have been on Bob's? Do we? Can you think of any off the top of your head? I can't. I think they're all. Inspired up. by people. Yeah. If you have noticed anyone, let us let us know. Uh, oh, well, Bob dresses up as Bruce Springsteen. True. So Bruce Springsteen does exist. That's but cool. He, but, I mean, this is New Jersey. He yeah. has to exist. Yeah. I have a few more things, two cute things before we head to the B story because it has been so. It feels like it's been so long since we've seen Aunt Gail. We we can't not talk about the B story. Max and I have a little bit of a theory. At around the three-minute mark, 3.20 seconds mark, Linda mentions that Jean has the best calves in the family. We think this is a throwback to Christmas in the car where Jean, they're about to die, and Jean is like, I just want everyone to know I think I have the best legs in the family. That's our little theory. I 100% think it's a throwback to that line. Yeah, I love it. And then, if you have our OG listeners to this podcast, you know we love an Owen sighting. Owen, the carny, makes an appearance in this episode. About the 17-minute mark. Just rewind a little bit backwards. But we got a screen grab on the carousel for you, of course, because we love us some Owen. He's doing something with a truck, like... I feel like he's a carny, but we see him doing different jobs too. He's it's like shady a shit. What's the guy on Gilmore Girls who has a different job like every Kirk. episode? Yeah. Yeah. That might be Owen. Owen a, might a be the shadier, Kirk. A much, much below the what's it called? What's that phrase? Below the line, but like in the shadows. What we do in the, the shadow in the, the depth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she did it. She did it finally. <laughs> Those are the last two things I wanted to point out. Why don't you take us away with the B story? B story. Gail has a job. Maybe she's the Kirk. That's least, actually a better fit. I'm just glad she has a job. I'm glad she's getting out of her uh, scary apartment. And she has to stand up all day as a security guard at this art museum. To be fair, standing all day is very hard. Yeah. It reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where uh, George gets um, complains to the manager of a store that like the security guard is standing on his feet all day. And then he gets them to like let him sit. Really? And he falls asleep in the chair, and then I think something's stolen <laughs> because he's asleep. I love that. A little fun fact. I used to be a professional ballet dancer. That's not the fun fact. But there is a lot of pain, like blisters, aches, you know, injuries, all that. One of the most painful things, because I was like a lower level dancer, so I kind of had to like be in line more. One of the hardest, most painful things about being a ballet dancer is standing. Like in Swan Lake, the core, you just fucking stand a lot. Or like me, I just stood on the sign lines and you're not allowed to sit down. Like especially if you're a lower level dancer, you just stand there and you've been dancing on your point shoes. So then your feet swell and you're when you're standing still and 
it was the most painful part of the professional dance world to me was the standing. So I, I was kind of with Gail on this one. Um, they need to let professional dancers sit more. Well, it- I would watch more sitting on a, <laughs> in a sit ballet. dancing. Yeah. I went to a ballet with you once and all they did was walk back and forth across the stage. There was barely any dancing. That is my favorite ballet in the world. So Romeo and Juliet, Romeo and Juliet, Macmillan's version. I love it. But you, the first act, I'll give it to you. There's a lot of walking. It was. It was like, like, why don't you just dance across the stage? This is a ballet. <laughs> okay. 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 So I have a really interesting fun fact from fandom where we get most of our facts about this storyline. As we know, Linda tells Gail in order to like keep her interests and like awake and, you know, at her job that she could potentially stop the biggest art heist in history. Yes. So Lauren Bouchard used to work as a security guard at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston and left that job right before a 1990 unsolved theft where 13 of the museum's artifacts were stolen. Shut up. Often considered one of the biggest art heists in history. Shut up. That's from fandom. I feel like the fans who contribute to fandom are like intense. Normally, um, there are sources on fandom, which makes me feel good. But yeah, that's very easy to fact check. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I thought that was super interesting and funny. And I love when Lauren pulls from his life. I know. Oh, it's so good. Um, Linda's codependency issues. Girl. Ugh. I know it's a TV show, but man, Gail needs to step up a little bit. She really does. But then she wouldn't be Gail. She really does. Yeah. Um, It's entertaining for us. Yes. One more fun fact I have about the museum is that the museum is the Cornblow Museum, which is named after a Groucho Marx character from A Night in Casablanca. And as we know from previous episodes, this is kind of a running joke that places are named after Groucho Marx characters, because we know that Wagstaff is named after his role in Horse Feathers. Yes. And then we've also seen the General Hospital, which is Devereaux, which is named after his character in Copacabana. See, I love how much the writers and Lauren love TV and pop culture and movies and art. I I love it. Yeah, and I feel like I said this before when we've talked about Groucho Marx, but go watch a Marx Brothers movie. They are so funny. They hold up. I don't know what it is about them, but they're very entertaining and just really funny. I might have seen one in film school, but I don't I don't think I have. Duck Soup is great. A Night at the Opera. I know Duck Soup really, really well because it's a huge like plot point in Gilmore Girls when she's at Yale. So like I feel like I can talk about Duck Soup, but uh, anyway. Tell me. Tell me about... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> should we get into the end credits? Is there anything else you want to say about Lord, the episode? Lord, we should get into the credits. <laughs> okay. As we said, the last moment is Louise is going to ride a bike and the family is all there in the alley to support her. Yay. For the record, I totally paved the way for this whole thing to happen with my amazing speech earlier, but yeah, it's fine. Three, two, one. Pedal, ah! uh, uh. pedal, you're becoming a woman, Louise! <laughs> okay, Dad, let go. Wait, not yet! Hold me down! Look a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes. Great last moment, tell me what happens. Well, 
Bob and Louise directly from the scene from the alley. Bob holding, you know, the classic holding a child on a bike before you let go with Louise riding the bike. They're lifted up into the sky. You see Seymour's Bay, right? Yeah, well, Wonder Wharf up. and stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. from the ocean looking towards the, like, where the restaurant is. And yes, it's like, it's it's the exact ending of Greece, the really random ending where they drive <laughs> off into the sky. <laughs> is there any other way to end that film that they should drive off into the sky? There's been no other supernatural what was or- What was going on in that movie where they were like, yeah, let's end this movie that has not really been like a fantasy movie with them driving off into the sky? Well, they did it. It happened. Okay. Well, <laughs> so we have Bob and Louise up in the air, Grease style, singing this song. As we mentioned earlier in the episode, it's a meatloaf song called Bad Out of Hell. Let's just go ahead right now and say I love that the Bad Out of Hell references Rudy's joke. And I want to say this now because I think we kind of want to let this play. Bob and Louise's harmonizing, singing together, whatever you want to call it, might be one of my new favorite things. Yeah, John Benjamin, anytime he goes into head voice, Bob, especially while singing. That too. Oh, sign me up. Yeah. I have this thing in my head where it's um, John Roberts finds out that these two get to sing Meatloaf in the end credits, Uh and he is so upset he doesn't get to take part in it. (laughs) I can just see him being like, "I, I, I can't believe we're doing a Meatloaf song and I don't get to sing. In this up, in this, I love that. These end credits, I love that. When the night is over, like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone, gone, gone. Head voice, like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes. I'm just gonna pause it there because they're just running with the hand, with the bike through the sky, kind of. But what yeah. happens? We get another appearance here. We get this like small bat thing and then it comes closer and it's a huge bat thing and rudy is writing it as if he is on game of thrones yeah good for rudy i like to see him facing his fear as well always and i guess this is an uh, an homage to what the um artwork is on bat out of hell the album the oh, meatloaf album so see, i didn't know this we'll put a side by side of these the credits and the meatloaf album on the carousel yes please i do have to say like something i do love about our age difference is i get to know like all your big cultural moments and pop cultural moments and i get to share mine with yours like xenon girl of the 21st century true and mm-hmm. i'm not i don't know that much meatloaf i, I know more about meatloaf than meatloaf I I love lowercase meatloaf than uppercase meatloaf, Um, but you know I know this song. I know obviously I would do anything for love, and I know him in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Would you do anything for love? I won't do that. (laughs) Okay. I would do anything for. See, John Roberts would be like, "Oh yeah, please let me do that song." Yes. Probably so expensive to get that song. Are you kidding me? This father-daughter, take me away, Lord. Lord, take me away. Rudy flies around on the bat and disappears off screen, so 
Bob and Louise get to take it home in when they style when uh, Bob comes down out of his head voice and it's like that slow end. it's just them on the screen as it should be. I also think it's hilarious how little Rudy is on that huge ass bat. Me too. Yeah. Still so proud of him. Should we just jump into scoring them? I'm ready. I feel like we should. I'm ready. We score on a scale of one to 10 H's at the end of Tina's uh. Same time. 10. 10. Okay. I was going to do 10 too. I just. Yeah. I I was like, is it a 9.75 yesterday? But just. Same. It's such a good song. Mm-hmm. And the two of them singing it together, and with it, those voices, yes. And they don't just sing it; they're like, "Oh, I gotta go into work and sing this song." There's texture and variation, and he goes from head voice to not head voice. And there's one part where Louise is like really loud, and she sounds so like a little girl singing. It's like phenomenal voice acting. Yeah, a, a lot of things that get me to a ten is: Am I so disappointed that? It like cut off, and oh. I am. I want to see more. I want to listen to more. I want to see them fly into the sky more. I want to see other little cameos. You want a full version? Yeah, that's a good way. That's a really good benchmark. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's just they're they're just great end credits to a great episode. Woohoo! Those are the end credits to. Oh, now I gotta look it up. As I walk through the alley of the shadow of ramps, thank you everyone for listening. Leave us a review, please. They help us out, especially on Apple Podcasts. They help us out in the algorithm. We get more fans. We get more Bob's Burgers lovers coming and listening and joining our community here. And, you know, don't hog it all for yourself. We We want everyone to. Yes. um, Oh, and thank you to whomever left a review last week. It was so sweet. They're definitely part of our Patreon community because they mentioned the Discord. Love you. Yeah, that was so I kind. Think we Tater Tot was the yeah, handle. Yeah, which I we loved. read it to e- each other numerous times. <laughs> we read it to each yeah. other. Is there anything else you want to say to everyone before we get out of here? I'm just going to say stay brave. I do like it for that. Rudy. Do it for Louise. No, 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 no. I'm changing it. I'm doing it for Bob. Stay weepy. Stay weepy. Stay in your head voices. And we'll see you all next time. We sure will. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.